Welcome to the Career Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Nisar Ahmad. This is episode 58 of the Career Matters Podcast, and uh, this episode is uh, part of uh, the Career Expert series where in each of these episodes, I have conducted interviews with uh, ex- career experts, career professionals who have experience uh, helping uh, job seekers, helping uh, individuals to navigate their career with a job search, etc. So for today, I'll be speaking with Pete Bloom. Just a quick introduction. I'm actually excited about this particular interview. It's a different format than most of the other career expert series because uh, Pete runs something called the VeteranConnections.us podcast. Sorry, I think it's called the Veteran Connections. Uh, it's, it's a weekly podcast that supports our transitioning veterans as they begin their journey into the civilian business world. Pete interviews veteran business owners about what steps they are taking the hurdles they have encountered and what advice they can offer other veterans and business owners as well. And I think this is a little timely. Today is June 3rd when I'm recording this. Just last week, a few days ago, we had Memorial Day in the U.S. So I thought this would be a very timely uh, topic to cover. And um, Pete would be sharing his experiences in talking to both uh, business owners who hire veterans and also to veterans as well uh, who are looking to get into the business world. So Hey, Pete, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I think this is going to be great, and we're going to have a lot of fun and share a lot of knowledge with everyone. Great to hear. Uh, The first question I always ask my guests before we begin is, where are you calling from? I'm based out of Tampa, Florida, actually a little town just north of there. And so sunny Florida, enjoying the weather and enjoying life. Can you share with us an interesting fact about Tampa that uh, people usually do not know unless they have lived there? Well, you know, when it comes to interesting facts, I, there's there's just all kinds of cool stuff and things to see in Florida. But I guess one of the things that people may not know about that's here is there's a place just north of where I'm at called Wikiwachi. And that that's the thing that you may have seen on TV sometime in, you know, your life, but there's basically more or less real life mermaids. There's, there's ladies that dress like uh, mermaids and they go in the water and they've trained to hold their breath for a long time because they don't have dive tanks or anything. And they go down in the water and do performances and you can watch them through glass uh, as they perform as mermaids. And that's really crazy. So, Wow. I, I did not know that such thing happened. That's, that's amazing. I, I'm definitely going to check that out. Holding your breath underwater for a long time, that itself is a humongous feet and now they're doing it as a performance that is pretty interesting so i wanted to dive into the interview and i'd like to learn a little bit more about yourself and also how you started the veteran connections podcast as well and how and why exactly uh, what led you there sure you know basically right out of high school actually graduated when I was 17. So a little early uh, compared to everybody else because I didn't take study hall classes. And I decided to join the military and I spent 11 years in the military. Actually was in the Navy first and then I went 
and got out of there and joined the Marines and was in the Marines until I got out of the military. So that's kind of where the whole military thing comes in. But where it ties into transition is really, you know, when I got out of the military, I decided, you know, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio originally. And I said, I'm not going to live anywhere where it snows. So once I got out of the military, I moved to Florida, never been here before. I just knew I wanted to live where there was, you know, sand and beaches and stuff like that. So I came down to Florida, took a while to find the right job, but I was in a particular job that I really liked for about 15 years. And then, even though I had transitioned out of the military successfully and found a nice job in the civilian community, one of the things that happens in the world today is companies are trying to save money. So basically, the company that I was at for so long, they decided they wanted to outsource. And at the same time, they decided they wanted to go to the cloud. So they didn't need as much equipment. They didn't need as much people. And they, you know, they ended up laying off about 150 people. And since I was one of the senior people in my department, uh, I was one of the people let go. So that put me right back into transition again. So being a someone from the military who had transitioned once successfully, I now had to start the whole process over. And I started this trial of, you know, looking and trying to find a job and joining groups that could help, you know, job support groups, online groups. And I was able to successfully, you know, get into uh, another job again that I'm at today and I really love it. And it gives me great opportunities to do things. But through that process, I realized, you know, all these people that are getting out of the military, you know, they're going to have to face trying to join companies, trying to find the right fit of a company. And uh, they might have to deal with the same things that I did, like, you know, outsourcing or going to the cloud or things like that. So I wanted to help them with their transition. And that kind of led to the start of the Veteran Connections podcast. At the beginning of the interview, I did uh, provide a high-level uh, description of the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit more about the podcast, uh, what someone can expect to hear? Yeah, sure. You know, basically, when I started doing it, it was actually just a series. Um, me and my boss have an, another podcast. It's the Florida GovCon podcast and it's about government contracting and we were doing series you know a lot of po podcasters do series you know one seven episodes on one thing seven episodes on another thing so my boss does government contracting but for my side of the house since you know I'm the IT guy and and I'm the veteran and I don't really know a whole lot about government contracting I was doing things with business you know like how a business could use Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn to help improve their business and move forward. And then when it was time for me to do another series, I was like, you know, well, can we do something to help veterans or so that's where it started. And it was just a seven episode series. And what I did was I interviewed basically veteran business owners, someone who had transitioned, they had gotten out, they had started their own business. And it's really interesting because every one of them tells a different story about what happens when they get out. You know, some of them might have been easy or hard. Some of them might have started a regular job first and started a business later. Some might have jumped straight into a business. So there's a lot of knowledge and experience that can be brought out of all the different ways that people did things and things that people can learn about, you know, financing or partners or whatever. And that ended up being so popular that my boss was like, you know, we should just break it off and make it its own podcast. And, and that's what we did. So that's where I'm at today. Okay. 
So I want to ask you a question because the premise of your podcast and what you help is you mentioned that when they when they make a transition from being in the army or navy into the into the civilian world or into the business world, I'm just curious uh, compared to someone who's not been a veteran. What 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 do you think are some of the unique challenges they face? Well, one of the biggest things I think that most military people deal with is a, a lot of them go in young. So if you got somebody that's going in the military at 17, 18, even 20 years old, if they spend a whole career in the military, you know, 20 years, 25, 30 years, when they get out, they've done that their whole life. So they don't really know anything about the civilian community and things on the outside are very different from the military. You know, in the military, if you think about it, whatever job you have to do, you basically are given a, a set of orders and you follow the orders and you complete the mission and you, you get that job done. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the outside, you know, in the civilian community, there's always lots of things going on with like meetings and talking and ideas and it's not really always direct orders. So sometimes I see that when people come out, there's like a, a lack of direction or just they're not used to the style of doing it. Or if they're a senior military person that's gotten out after 20 years and they want to get into a company, they're used to giving orders. People in the civilian world aren't used to that. So there could be a little, you know, discomfort there. So it's, it's a lot about the transition and in, in how you act and what's expected of how people, you know, feel in the real world because, it's, you know, it's a lot more sensitive basically, you know. Things are more strict and regimented in the military mm-hmm. and then you get out into a, a world where you got to, you know, be friendly and kind and ask people to do things, please. Interesting. That's actually very interesting and uh, I've not thought about that and I think most people know that life in the military is regimented but I've never thought about it this way in terms of men making a transition this would be a challenge. My understanding was it would be actually a benefit for businesses to have someone who's disciplined. This, which brings me to the next question. If, if there's a business out there, what are some of the benefits they get by hiring someone who has spent, let's say, 5, 10, 20 years in the military that they may not find when hiring someone who has not been? Well, there's actually a, a lot of benefits to hiring a veteran, but you know, one thing that you got to say right off the bat is there are things that companies get, you know, like points or benefits from hiring certain different types of people like, you know, veterans, women, uh, minorities, you know, that all counts towards something for a company that qualifies them for different things. So that right there off the top, you know, it gives them basically points towards something. But about the individual themselves, a lot of times in the civilian world, I mean, I mean, you know, it is people at different jobs, you know, you go there, you show up, you're getting a paycheck, you know, you punch out at five o'clock, you go home, you know, a lot of people there. okay, you know, I'm in, I'm out, you know, I'm getting a paycheck, I'm happy. In the military, the people that come out of the military, it's it's more of a mission, it's more of a, you know, you got to have a sense of accomplishment. And military people are more like, you know, they show up on time, I'm going to stay there till I get the job done. They're very driven very dependable, very honest. It's just, there's, there's a whole lot of qualities that you spend your whole life developing. And that is something that I think any civilian company would, you know, love to have that, that high and intense dependability and 
you know, someone that's going to strive for the company's success. Very interesting. Yeah, that is like I've interviewed experts. I've interviewed, I've also spoken to companies that hire and that's something that they always look for, right? Someone who is goal driven and someone is driven, self-motivated. So these are like amazing qualities for a potential employer. So the next uh, question is, okay, now you, you talked about uh, some of the challenges that uh, someone from the uh, veteran would face. Um, how do you, what are your recommendations? Uh, you, you talk to business owners, you've talked to the uh, job seekers as well. What do you recommend some of the things that they can do to help them with the process of finding a job? To help a veteran find a job, you mean? Yes. You actually spend a lot of time working on that. Because that's another thing. When a veteran gets out of the military, all you know, military personnel are supposed to go through a TAPS class, which is basically a transition class. And in that class, they're supposed to teach you all kinds of things you need to know about getting out, uh, who to call, who to contact, all, you know, just different things. And they talk about jobs and how to find a job and like they might talk about like you can use LinkedIn to try and find a job and they might talk about that for maybe 20 or 30 minutes. But really everyone that I've ever talked to who's been through TAPS basically says it's not enough. And the people who were who have gotten out of the military years ago, they probably laugh at that because back then they had nothing. They got out and they were just on their own, you know, see you later, kick to the curb. But, you know, these days there's programs in place to try and help people that are getting out. And there's also a lot of nonprofits that are out there, you know, in the civilian world that also want to help the veterans that are getting out. But I think typically what someone would do is if they're going to be getting out, you know, you think, well, how am I going to find a job? A lot of people will start applying online. You know, they'll, they'll do searches. They'll search for something they want. Um, they go to that website. They apply. And what I help teach, you know, at the LinkedIn class is that that doesn't work at all. Because what it really does is it puts you really in a stack of maybe 300 resumes of people who have submitted things online. There's not a person involved in that process because when you submit something online, I'd say, you know, 99.9% of the time that's going through an applicant tracking system, which is basically all the resumes feed into the program. And then the only time the resume ever gets looked at is if a recruiter on the other end of that program types in a word. And you happen to have that on your resume. Then your resume pops up. Then they look at it. Then maybe they call you. But again, if they're dealing with a stack of 300 people, what are the odds? Not very good. So that's what a lot of people run into. They get disappointed. They get depressed. And people come out of the military that are going from one type of an environment to something completely different. You know, that's that, that's a struggle. So we spend a lot of time saying, hey, if you want to find a job, First of all, you want to research companies. And then really the best thing to do is if you find a company that you really like, try and find a veteran in that company. Because if you find someone who's just like you in the company, you know you're going to get the straight scoop about the company. And that person's really going to want to help you to also get into that company. We talk about joining groups. I've been to job support groups where you actually go there personally. But it's very convenient also to just join groups online. And I usually tell people to use LinkedIn for that because if you're really getting out and you're serious about getting a job, you know, LinkedIn's the number one, you know, business network in the world, basically. So that's a place to go really to find things and to uh, to get a job. And they also have jobs right there on LinkedIn. So 
I teach a class every month with a nonprofit called Project Transition USA. And that's what we do. We spend the whole full day teaching them how to, when you get out, you know, here are the steps that you can take, um, you know, create a, create a really good LinkedIn profile. You're going to have good branding. You want to get all your information on there so it looks great. We teach them how to join groups so they can do searches and find what it is they're looking for, um, how to make connections and introductions and all that kind of stuff. And then they can actually, you know, talk to someone, maybe instead of a resume that just gets in a pile somewhere, now they have a person they can talk to. They can walk that resume personally over to a hiring manager or recruiter and say, hey, you know, this guy is who you need to hire. And that's really the way to get it done. So an amazing takeaway from what he just mentioned, Pete, is do your research. And if you find someone like you, it just increases your odds. You, you, compared to your competition who's applying just like everyone else, and they, they, you're competing with 300 people, but if you can find a common connection, that's, that's where networking comes into place, right? Right. And the other thing about that is it's not just finding a person in the company, but you want to hit it from two sides. If a veteran's getting out, he can find a veteran in the company, and now he's got a, you know, basically a brother or a sister who's willing to help him out. Mm-hmm. But on, on the other side of that is when you're researching, like LinkedIn is a good example. Again, if you're researching on LinkedIn and you find you're looking for companies and you go to a company page and you like that company page, now you can see what's going on and you can follow that company. And what that does is if you're interested in working there, one, the company is going to know that you like their page and that you're interested. Two, if you're looking at their company page, you can see what's going on with them, what kind of events, what new things they're up to. So now when you walk into an interview, to talk to someone from that company, you know about the company. Because the one thing that companies hate the most it was when somebody applies, they get in the door and they don't know a thing about the company or the company's culture. And they're sitting down and it's just like, okay, so, well, everything's uncomfortable. Well, if you can walk into an interview and you've done research because you've been watching their company page and you can say, oh, I saw you guys just, you know, had an event for whatever. So you break the ice. Everything's really comfortable. It's really smooth. It's a great way to start off an interview. Uh, It just takes a little research. That's actually another great tip that he just dropped in there. Uh, Look out the company's LinkedIn page and that is something uh, I haven't heard before. Uh, it's, it's great advice I've, on, on this podcast because you're right. When you look at a company's LinkedIn page, it's, it's a little bit, it has a little bit of uh, all the professional highlights of the company, the new hires, what they've accomplished. And those are things you can talk about in an interview. So that, that's, that's an amazing trip. So just to recap, uh, find someone in the company and also find a little bit more about the company not just going to the website, go to the LinkedIn page as well. So that's a, a great, uh, solid advice right there. So I want to move along in this process. So they have looked at the company. They learned something uh, something um, about the company. They found someone in. And they, let's say they have secured an interview. What do you recommend uh, in your experience would be some of the tips, some of the ways to stand out in an interview? Standing out in an interview. Well, see, the inter- interview is one of the most complicated things, really, because, you know, you can get in the door, but it comes down to when you sit down, how you come across to those people. And, and I could say that, especially for military people, there's some things that they have to look out for when they go into an interview. But, but really, these things 
may apply to anyone. But I would say that, you know, we already talked about the breaking the ice thing. And obviously, everyone knows that you need to dress professionally when you go to an interview. But when there are certain topics that might come up, you know, they go through questions because interviews these days, they, they usually have a couple parts. You know, there's a part that has to do with technical skills or there might be uh, a part that is behavioral because they want to see if you're a fit for that company. And they ask you some interesting questions there. So it really depends on which kind of interview it is that you're in at the time. But for military people getting out, one thing that I've heard over and over again is that there's a couple things that they do that's wrong. And if people know these things that are wrong and they avoid them, they have a much better chance. The first one is that they say team too much or we too much because you go into an interview and they want to know about you. They want to know what skills you have, what have you actually accomplished yourself. But the military is so team oriented. You do everything together. And in the military, it's not I, I, I because, you know, then you're just, you know, that nobody likes you. <laughs> Everything's about the team in the military. So you have to actually train yourself, teach yourself to be able to talk about yourself when you're getting out of the military so that you can say that, you know, I accomplished this or I met this goal or I saved this much money. And then now they know that, okay, this is, this guy's really good. This guy did something. Otherwise they're going to, when you leave, they're going to have a feeling that, well, he said we so much that we can't even figure out exactly what it is that he did you know what did he do what did his team do we don't know so now you're not really maybe going to get that job uh, another thing is that when you go into an interview people from the military something that they face is they're so used to the structure and more or less i guess the strictness and the orders that when they're into a company now who isn't like that at all sometimes the interviewers can get a little intimidated because a military person might walk in there and be like, oh, yeah, I got this job. I can do this. I can do that. I can do your job. Like, you know, they, they just have that confidence. They have that, you know, I can do anything. And no matter what you throw at me, I've got it. And that really comes across uh, bad in an interview. Uh, they'll, they'll be like, wow, you know, I'm trying to talk to this guy, hire, hire this guy, and he wants my job already. So people from the military – when they get out and they start doing things like that, they need to actually tone it down because what you want to do is you want to fit the culture of that company. And that's another good reason to do that research because you, that you can find out before you go in there what their culture is. What do they like? How relaxed are they? Um, you know, you can see pictures of, you know, the teams hanging out, the workspace, things like that. So, yeah, you don't want to come across wrong in the interview. And then, of course, there's just, you know, hundreds of other questions that people throw at you that are behavioral. They ask you about money. That's always an uncomfortable one. I've always said for the, the money question, because that's a big one that throws people, is that they say, well, how much do you want to make or something like that? Well, the answer you know, back to them could be, what's your range? Because rather than you throwing out a number that they're like, well, that's not going to work, if you ask them what their range is, then now they have to give you some information and then you can kind of figure out something in, in that area uh, where you think you fit based on your skills. Uh, a lot of times, uh, another thing that people could say is that, you know, because you don't want it to be all about money, even though money is important. But you don't want an interview to come across like that is the most important thing because um, you want them to feel like you're coming to that company to 
help them to solve problems, to do things that they need. Um, so you could always say that, you know, when they ask, you know, well, what do you want to make? You could always say something like, well, you know, I think that your company would make it sure that it was fair based on my skills and try and avoid the question. Um, have that for a later conversation. They may come around and turn around and try and ask you the same thing again. And, you know, that's where you could ask them, you know, what their range is. But it's really a subject to try to avoid if possible and not make it about money in the interview and make it about what you could do for that company. Interesting. Uh, I think that's, that applies to most job seekers. And that's a question that uh, throws a lot of people off, uh, especially because if they don't practice the money question, and I think you gave a uh, great advice there uh, is uh, instead of answering a number or th throwing down a number, ask them what's their range and what works within their budget. That helps them. That actually throws it back to them. So it's uh, it actually makes it a less less uncomfortable for you, makes it a level playing field for both the interviewer and the candidate. So that's good. Uh, I want to go back to two of the points you mentioned. I'm, I'm really curious because my understanding with most interviews, most companies, they want even though someone is an individual contributor, they want someone with a team spirit. And you, what you said is uh, the, the, someone in the military, they used to working in a team, uh, they find it difficult. So don't you, don't you think that would be a, a more of a positive than a negative when they can talk about what they have accomplished as a team? I'm, I'm just curious because I never thought about it this way. Well, you know, it is good to be a team player. And yes, companies do want team players. And it's okay to talk about, you know, you know, we accomplish this or we accomplish that. The, and companies will ask things that maybe are team related, you know, like how do you, how well do you work in a team might be a specific question that they ask. And, you know, you could say something about we did a deployment and we did this and all of our team, you know, meshed together to make this mission happen. But that's an answer to a specific question about how you fit in a team environment. The problem comes is where when they ask other questions where they're looking for your independent skills and you're still saying we, we, we. So it really just depends on the particular question. Mm -hmm. If they're asking about a team player sort of thing, then then you you involve, you give them a scenario about something that you guys all did together. Mm -hmm. But you got to really pay attention to those other questions where they're asking for your specific skills, not to get yourself, you know, out of the job because you keep saying we the whole entire time. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that because uh, that's something I wanted to expand on. So thank you. Uh, so now let's let's walk through this journey, right? So they have applied for a job, they got the interview, and now they even negotiated a good salary. They've got the job. And uh, what would you recommend someone? Let's say they've got the job. Uh, what type of career path advice would you give them? What can they do? Uh, what are some of the things they can do to expand their career after they've secured employment? Well, you know, I really all think, I think all that stems from the research really before you get the job, because if what your goals are is to stay with a company for a long time, you probably don't want to stay in the particular, one particular position the entire time. You might like to grow, maybe get a promotion, you know, maybe be a manager someday, something like that. And you can find out by talking to people before you get the job, you know, what a career path might be like for that company, you know, do they promote within? That's actually a question that you can ask in an interview is, you know, what, what would my career path be again before you get hired? So these are kind of some of the things that you want to flush out 
beforehand. Because um, a lot of times, this, this is actually very common. People will get a job because they need money and then they're only there for a couple years. And it doesn't really matter if you're coming out of the military or you know if you're a civilian that's getting out of college or out of high school. That happens all the time, all across the board. People need a job, they need money, they get a job. It's just something that they do temporarily because it might not be an exact fit. So really, you know, to answer that question, it's like if you are getting out and transitioning and wanting to be there a long time, it goes back to the research again. You find out about the company. Is it a cultural fit for you? Do you believe in the same things that they believe in? You know, they might believe in a lot of, uh, you know, volunteer type work, um, helping the community, helping, you know, feed a country or homeless or something. Um, so, you know, that shows you their culture and what they believe in. You, you just need to find something that matches how you feel or that matches your passion. And then, you know, that once you're in that company and you've already found out your career path, you can kind of know how things are going to happen with you, you know, through that process. Because uh, once you're already in the company, if it's not a fit, you'll just really be gone in a couple of years because if they're a certain way, if that company is a certain way and, you know, you didn't do the research and you can just be like, OK, well, I'm going to hit a dead end at some point and you'll be out there looking all over again. Interesting. So it's uh, uh, this reminds me of a quote by Stephen Covey, who says uh, in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, begin with the end in mind. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of job seekers make is they find a job, but they don't necessarily give much thought into their uh, what happens next? And that's where your advice comes into picture is, you know, do your research, find out if, if it's a good cultural fit. Um, see if you can see yourself working there a long time. So, do, I mean, that's actually very important because what if you get the job and a few months later you're dissatisfied? Exactly. I mean, there, there's, do they have everything that you want? Are you a fit? Do they have the benefits that you need? There's, just think about all those things first. Mm -hmm. so that you know you're going to be happy. Okay, fair enough. So I think uh, we are coming to the end of the interview here, Pete. Uh, what, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, uh, any last words? Is there uh, Are there any adv uh, specific advices that you would give to the listeners here that we haven't covered so far? I would say, you know, we've talked about, you know, how to get into an interview, and, you know, we've talked a little bit about an interview, but I would just say the interview being the critical point where they make a decision because you're there in front of them, whether they like you or not. There are plenty of good videos that are out there on the Internet on like mock interviews where you can watch them and see how people do, um, what mistakes they make. And mock interviews, a lot of times they'll make mistakes on purpose so that you can see what it is that someone does wrong and then they'll show you the correct way to do it. So I would say watch some videos about interviewing and that would be a great tool to make sure that you succeed when you get to that point. Hmm. That, that is good advice because to be honest, I've done that many years ago. I, whenever I'm in a position where I have to look for a job or even a salary negotiation, I look at the interviews and it's actually one thing to read about it. Like I write you know, on my blog, I write blog, there's me and other writers write great advice. But if you watch it gives you a better understanding. So that's good advice as well. So uh, Pete, thanks for 
joining the podcast, sharing your journey, sharing your top tips. I learned a few things which I mentioned and talked during the interview. So it was a pleasure. Yeah, it's really great. I like to be able to help people. And I, I think that, uh, you know, us working together, we can definitely help more people. So that's awesome. Yeah, th- thanks for that as well. Definitely. It's all about uh, helping others. If after listening to an interview like this, even if one person finds a job, I think you and I have accomplished what we set out to accomplish. So that's a that's a good way to put it. Thanks, folks, thanks for so listening much. to this episode of the Career Medics Podcast. I have written a brief summary of the interview and also links to Pete's podcast as well. If you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now even on SoundCloud and very soon coming to YouTube as well. If you enjoyed this episode, learn something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really loved it, uh, definitely go ahead and share it among your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medicine Podcast. Thank you. 